I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. What's up, everybody, and welcome to Going Off Track. Brad, Jonah, and Steven coming to you pre-recorded. Pre? What? We we're recording it now. I'm yeah. recording now. You're recording it now. You do everything. I don't want to. Oh, we're recording now? Yeah. I thought you were just talking. Yeah, no, he's recording. He's, he's practicing. I thought we were... this was, don't you usually practice that a few times? No, we don't. Let's, we, do that. Let's do it again. We don't do auditions. That's what they call it in, in radio. You do an audition and then you, you, you practice it while the song is going. Then you have 10 seconds to oh, say really? it again. So the DJ is sitting there while the song is going. I, going was, like... I was asked if I, to, to, to DJ at, um, uh, what's the big pop radio station in New York with, with Elvis Duran on in the morning that uh, we don't listen to, like Kiss know. FM it's or something? W. Dillagaff. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. I can't remember it, but they, they asked me to come and, and try out because they liked me, but it was... It, they don't deserve the, But the music they played was in no relation to what we were playing at Fuse at the time. And so I went and did overnights. From I did the coveted 12 a.m. to 7 a.m. shift with some kid, and I got hazed. You know, by like other DJs, and I, I don't react well to that sort of thing. So everybody got really quiet when I was like, "Why don't you all shut the fuck up?" And it got really ugly. But the people there who programmed the channel were so nice and so cool. And I remember sitting in the room with them, saying, "You know, the way you sound here, it doesn't sound like what we hear on the television." And I went, "That's because I have more than ten seconds to talk usually on TV." <laughs> then I didn't go back. But they were very nice. So that's how probably the whole DJ talking over the song came about was they were rehearsing and left the mic on and was like, well, I got to go with it. Yeah, it's weird. It's <laughs> like, ugh. The radio just, it's all programmed from somebody's house and all the songs and everything is just down to the to the second and it's just completely obnoxious. Um, that's a terrible segue for our guest, but I don't think he would mind it. Uh, I'm sure he's never going to listen to this. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, we've been waiting for this since we started the podcast. Fat Mike from No Effects. Now, how long, how long have you been working on this, Jonah? Like, years. Literally years. And, and Mike... Uh, and how long have we been waiting to release this podcast? Literally years. <laughs> literally years. Feels literally like years. years. We're not even sure. By the time you hear this... Um, <laughs> Uh, who, who knows where all of us will be while, <laughs> while this is being released. But okay, so Fat Mike from No Effects is here. We've all known him for years. Great dude, fun dude, 
has a lot of things to talk about. He and his fiance, maybe wife by the time this airs, Soma Snake Oil, have been working on a Broadway musical for the past four years. Um, part of the reason it took so long for this to come out is because we weren't legally allowed to talk about it. Now, we tried to edit out all the talk about the musical, but it's just peppered throughout the whole interview. So this is it in its entirety. The weird thing about it is, if you want to think of a very stereotypical interview of Fat Mike, this is not it, except in the case that he's completely and utterly hungover. Yeah. To the point of almost being unconscious. Yeah. To the beginning, it was a little little rough, and then I felt like he sort of came to life, and by the end, it was great. But yeah, this is probably one of the craziest interviews I've ever done. I feel like even afterwards, Mike was like, that was a pretty crazy interview, huh? Yeah, when and Mike's... I was like, yes, Fat Mike, that was a pretty crazy interview. <laughs> he gets really introspective, like, beyond life. We learn a lot about Soma, who I'd never really hung out and talked to, and she's just got such an insane story. And the musical they put together... Um, full disclosure, Mike asked me to, to like kind of consult on it, um, which was a wonderful opportunity. I loved every second of it, working with these Broadway folks, basically just sitting and listening and throwing a note here and there, but kind of supporting. It was just awesome. It's a musical about Joan, and I've seen it a couple times. It's yes. about um, uh, crust punks in San Francisco. Shocker. <laughs> Shocker. No, no, not San Francisco, Portland. They're in Portland. And... Um, uh, Brad's lovely wife came and got to watch a showing of it, and it's very neat. But let's let Mike talk about it, everything else, and listen. If you can, you'll hear it. Uh, we're going to call it the soft inhale. It's going on Are we actually talking? Right we are now? talking oh, right now. Are, oh, okay. I thought we were just chatting. Okay. That's how we roll. We got cool. Soma Snake Oil and Fat Mike here with us now. Yeah, we're in the podcast. We're yeah. in the podcast. We're in the, the going off track bunker. It's mellow in here tonight. It's very mellow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I think we should point yeah. out right now that Mike is slowly expiring. He's got heartburn to the gods, which is someone who uh, is a, a fairly smart partier. Yeah. Heartburn, that's what's going to get you. <laughs> that's just rough i feel uh, bad no yeah thanks for turning and, down the lights though yeah really oh, why do that anyway? it was just that this morning so and we stayed up all night and then for some reason i decided to eat pasta with red sauce and vodka and i just wonder if you see the shots of vodka i was doing i didn't uh, i didn't see the have we learned nothing from john i just Lonnie? wonder if the, maybe the blackberries have something to do with it as well oh, the blackberries this is uh you were texting while eating no, <laughs> but uh, we get in, you know, I don't know, we're just always doing something weird, and we got a pretty big argument the other night while people were over, and she was coming at me like that. I thought she was going to smack me or slap me or something, but she put me against a wall and started shoving blackberries in my ass, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, what are you doing? And it was a serious argument, and she's like... I'm just what I'm doing. I'm like, I started laughing and then some fell on the ground and she asked her friend, Justin, Justin, give me those. He's like, okay, ma'am. And then, <laughs> so, and then started throwing the blackberries at me and it was just, it was. I spent this morning cleaning blackberries off the wall. Yeah. But I'm not sure how good it is, you know, for someone's intestines to have blackberries shoved. But it seems like a good way to end there. an argument, and like both people yeah. are happy. We were just it we was, were just dying of laughter. Yeah, that's it great. went right from. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm so gonna try that. It was, <laughs> like at the bank. It definitely went from angry to bizarre. So yeah. Yeah. that was pretty smart. Mm-hmm. Smart move. Julian, that was our night. <laughs> Ending with with pasta, vodka, and and you erupting. Yeah, a couple of Norcos too. That's why I feel so nauseous now. Ugh. Some of what? Norcos. Painkillers. Painkillers. Oh, yeah. Try to make myself feel better, and all I got was nausea. So then you have to take the anti-nausea pill, which then gives you a fucking headache and drag. Mm. Uh, so anyway, we're gonna work. I'm feeling great. This is an awesome podcast. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. We've been trying to get... You know what? You were, when we first started doing the podcast, like the week that we started it, uh, no effects was in town. You were at Starland, and I went out. You know, Matters Club, yeah. And I remember saying, uh, it's like... Um, Oh yeah, we're starting this podcast, and you went. Yeah, Vanessa asked me, you know, uh, to do it, and I said no. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know, I said no to this one too. I don't know why we're here. <laughs> uh, I don't know. You didn't say no. You just said two o'clock in the afternoon. That's so early. Yeah. And yeah, I can't make it. And then you guys said, "How about the next day?" Yeah. So I couldn't come up with a good enough excuse. Call that fucking bluff. Uh, Real quick history lesson, uh, you know, as a fan of No Effects, it was very exciting to meet you, and it was when we did our show on Fuse, the Untitled Rock Show. Me first and the Gimme Gimme's were the first guests we ever booked for our show on Fuse, and I was very excited. I remember. And uh, I made a horrible, uh, almost racist joke, and you just started laughing hysterically. I love that it was almost racist. Well, he said, that, I said, are you going to raise your kid Jewish? And you said, no. And I said, good. And that was the extent <laughs> of the joke. And you just started laughing. And then I was like, uh, I guess I haven't gone too far. But then afterwards, I was like, I called every Jew I went and went, okay, here's what happened. And it's on TV. <laughs> <laughs> How on a scale of one to Holocaust? Like, what is? And, and they were like, we pride ourselves on our sense of humor. Mm. Yeah, I, I remember getting the giggles. <laughs> it's fun getting the giggles on TV. Yeah, mm-hmm. then you've come, then you come back a, a bunch since then. But I, I want to work backwards because uh, you well, two have. What come, is this podcast about anyway? It's called Going Off Track, and that's kind of how we do it. We uh, just go off on tangents. It's unplanned. It's, Jonah was the writer of the rock show. He was the last writer for the show. He was yeah. the only writer for the fucking show. Mm. And we because we didn't plan anything for today. Perfect. Oh uh, yeah, it's you guys. You guys uh, sent over uh, all the bullet points that we were going to talk about today. Oh, I, didn't, and the, and was, I didn't see them. Well, yeah, because it, they didn't actually do that. There was nothing. <laughs> no, we have, a, we have a PowerPoint, so we're going to discuss. Hey, you guys are messing with me. I, I, did, I did do um, what I call lazy research because I listened to the Dana Gould Hour podcast. I listen to his podcast. It's very punk. And uh, hmm. he had on a friend of his who used to work in a dungeon here in New York, who is now like an ad exec out in L.A. And it, I was like, oh, my God, this is like the perfect primer for when someone might come in. Dungeon to ad exec is, is, is pretty interesting. It's very interesting. And she's done Love Line, some other uh-huh. things. She was just very smart. And it was just fascinating to listen to her talk. And I was like, oh, my God, I feel like this is like a 101 when you guys come in because I know nothing about that world. What would you learn? I learned that there's a, and this, it sounds dumb saying it to me, Learned that S and M and B and D are two different things. Mm. Well, they're definitely different letters for it, sure. <laughs> but yeah, smart bondage yeah. and discipline. No, but yeah, yeah. And I, you know, because in my head it's like, oh, it's all one thing or another, and it's what sure. people get. But it's it's. Don't forget DNS. That I do not know. What is that? 
dominance and submission. I was thinking do not resuscitate, but that's <laughs> DNR. So confused. Well, I guess you could put that, you could put those together. Uh, we're, we're funny because we pretty much, we do every, anything. It's just always original material. You, you never know what she's going to come up with or what situation we find ourselves in. And it's just amazing uh, how many times we've, we've fucked and done crazy scenes. And it's always different. You never know. <laughs> so, I really, what a fun! We have such a fun adventures. You are so fun. Oh, thanks, sweetheart. <laughs> I think I really think of BDSM, and I, I mean, he's heard me say this a million times, so it's boring for him. But I, I think of BDSM as evolved sexuality. It's you know, it's advanced. It's it's advanced sexuality. It's so boring just to do that, right? Like. Someone's now thrusting for those of you. Yeah, listening. I was thrusting. I was thrusting. Uh, for some people, that's as exciting as it gets. I mean, so. touching genitals, you know, it's it's pretty great. But there's you know, also a thousand other things you can do. Somehow, how'd you get as in- foreplay? That's true. Yeah, for, I think people miss out on the foreplay quite a bit. So, how'd you get involved in all of this? How'd you, what what drew you to it? Mm, so. Uh, where do I start? Do I start with it? I'm going to start with the Bible about the Bible masturbation. Ooh, yeah, or? the Bible's a good one. I don't know. What? On- onanisms? Mm. She used to jerk off with the Bible. She used to read it before bed and then just use it on her clit. <laughs> that was the beginning of her. her well, and then punish my and then punish myself afterwards. And she felt bad, so yeah, punish yourself. Where were you? Where, where were you living? Um, at the time, I think probably South Dakota, but that's bizarre to say that Sturgis, South Dakota. Anyway, um, I, I, the high school in Sturgis. How cool is that? It's hard. Wow. To, I, I don't, I don't really know what, what to tell you about what drew me to it, but you know, it's, it's just, uh, oh my gosh, I, I'm so tired. Help yeah. me out here. Well, we haven't what, gone what, to sleep, baby. What, what drew me to it? Um, uh, the first time. I mean, it, uh, first time I ever jerked off. First time I got a boner and jerked off. I can't believe I just flubbed that so hard. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, right, baby. Go ahead, go ahead. Was to we'll come back super, around. Super okay. was to S&M. I used, oh, this my, is a good story. My mom used to have all this uh, porn. Cocks and cunts, right? Yeah, she had a magazine called Cocks and Cunts. And it was just pictures of cocks and cunts. It was terrible. I'm like, God, I can't believe my mom was reading this. And there were some hustlers and penthouses. And I would look at them and... You know, do you really think she was reading that? Well, I heard her French boyfriend. She had a mirror above her bed. Asked, I mean, she was she was pretty. I don't know that I've ever asked you that before. Though, like, do you really think that was? But but yeah. I, you know, none of that shit did it for me. You know, just looking at girls with tits, I was like, oh, I don't get it. I What's know. wrong with me? Girls with tits. And- <laughs> <laughs> well, and uh, I finally read a story about a man who was submissive to uh, his, his, his wife. His wife, right? Yeah, yeah and uh, she used to you know beat him up and. Uh, have friends come over and do stuff to him, and I was like, "Oh, a submissive man to his him. wife," and I was like, "Woo, this is awesome!" And first Hi. time I ever jerked off, first time I came was to kinky porn, so it's like I knew, you know, and and uh, into female dominance too. That yeah. I love that. I love that part too. Female supremacy, mm-hmm. and I've always been that way since then. And and uh, just having a normal, boring sex life just—it seems so retarded. God, well, it sounds like you've never life. had a boring sex life. If you, if you like, if that was familiar to you without knowing it, you know what I mean. Like mm. that was just part of you, and 
So instinctual. That's, instinctual, yeah. Right, as, yeah. Like that's just that's naturally where you're going to go because that's part of you. Like it doesn't sound like it's like like that could become boring. Like that could that could switch into ordinary. Tie me up, tie me up, and then like oh straight sex. Oh that's crazy. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, well, we do. I mean, that's we do. a little bit true. That is a little bit true. What is? We haven't done missionary in years. My no, God. it's funny though because we we do missionary most of the time when we're fucking. Well, not, I guess not missionary. Yeah, but your legs are up. Yeah, but, but I'm on top a lot. Yeah, but just plain vanilla sex is pretty different and exciting. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, sure. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> now, where'd you guys meet? We met in my dungeon. He uh, he rented it. He uh, I guess I, he went to a a, a, sex, a sex shop or something and said to someone. I need to. Re- I think I recognized I need, it at a leather store. I need to. <laughs> and it was super embarrassing. Uh, you know, I was going to buy all these things. Oh, it's like, a fan. Oh, it's that mic. Right. I'm like, I w- I'm not getting this. I'm just I'll take this <laughs> this bottle of lube. That's all I'm getting. I'm not getting this this huge ass plug. <laughs> this was just a gag gift. Anyway. A gag gift. A oh, gag gift. <laughs> And uh, I was going to L.A. and he said, I said, do you know any dominatrixes in, in L.A.? Any doms in L.A.? And he goes, I know this one. She's punk rock. She's got a great, really cool dungeon that's uh, it's fun to have a party in. So I had a party with, you know, uh, with the Alkaline Trio dudes and Vandals dudes and some 41 and uh, some guys with no effects and everyone's girlfriend. And she was the, uh, it was her place. And, uh, we hit it off right away. <laughs> we were just talking about that the other night. Yeah, she didn't pay any attention to me at all. Instant connection. Just... Instant connection. But I gave him to some other girl. Yeah. <laughs> and you were running the whole place. Yeah, yeah, it was my place. She ended up beating up uh, a lot of people's girlfriends. Mm-hmm. She gave uh, Eric Melvin's wife Erica a, a whooping. <laughs> 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 so, yeah, we just uh, we really really liked each other. And after we hung out for a while, she goes, hey, you know, if you want to hang out here, you can just come by and hang out with us. And it was such a cool place, no, right? I, well, I think she, I even said, I, I think I even put it on the table that, hey, uh, I think you're a potential family member. And I said that to my slave. What do you think? Should we let him be in our family? And and the slave said, uh, yeah. <laughs> that was weird because she, she had a 247 slave living with her. For what three years? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Three and a half years. How does that transaction work? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Not as good as you'd think, because because I moved in too, and we lived. We Our lived house is for a lot a year. cleaner now that we don't have to live oh, in slave. I know because the thing is about <laughs> slave. They would keep they, it they so don't, clean. You, know, That's you, would what imagine, I'm, no, you would imagine. You would imagine we to live in slave. <laughs> uh, this one was a terrible domestic. <laughs> Uh, the worst domestic. Worst. Lovely, lovely person, but terrible domestic. But you need, you need some a certain personality, but mm-hmm. uh, boy would not. And and boy is a uh, a genetic female, but she's she's uh, changing into boi. A, boi. Okay. Identifies as as male, mm. but uh, she's actually she's. About to get a top surgery. Yeah, she's getting her tits co- chopped off. Very soon. Oh, did you post something? I saw yeah. about they're trying mm-hmm. to raise money. We were for doing it. a fundraiser. Yeah, so yeah. We raised a lot of money. That's awesome. But uh, 
only raised enough to cut one tit off. So, <laughs> so she's an Amazon. <laughs> so he's an Amazon. So yeah, he's he, an yeah, Amazon. he and no, but hey, so that, good for you. So we're like, I love that you know the pronouns. That's cool. You know, uh, boy, you should wait till you get all the money because you don't want to walk around with one tit. Because L.A., you know, it's it's, it's not a one tit town. <laughs> uh, I like to say. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know the old expression. All <laughs> <sighs> this time, but uh, having boy around was just really a pain in the ass because it's it's not you know nothing's for free. <laughs> well, it's it's actually a lot of work to have a slave, so it sounds it sounds delightful, and it is delightful, but. You know, it's it's a lot of maintenance, emotional maintenance for one thing, which is good. And and the best thing, it's it's very good. But boy, boy was a closer. We call him the closer. We call him the closer, <laughs> which is good closer. sometimes because uh, you had a real estate that's, license. That's that's or... a that's actually one of the benefits of of the slave part. That it's yeah. If, you know, we're having our fun, we're doing our <laughs> scenes, and then uh, we end up fucking. And when I, I didn't make her come, uh, you know, I'd come in her. And uh, she'd be like, "Boy, get over here!" And then boy would go down on her <laughs> and finish, <laughs> finish up. Finish and you didn't want you because you didn't want to, or you're tired, or oh uh, well, well, I don't want to go down on her after I came in her. That's gross. <laughs> but, That's but, you know, so amazing that you just told that story with, with so, so much detail to so many people. It is so grotesque. <laughs> It's just amazing. Like so, <laughs> I don't know if it's grotesque or if you guys have you know found the secret to a lasting relationship. Oh yeah, yeah, it's it is true. a secret to a lasting. Re- yeah, everyone should have a closer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there used to be a sketch written for us and now where the actual closer is Kira Sedgwick, and she has to actually come in. <laughs> yeah, that would be incredible. Yeah, oh, mm. perfect. Um, and so what, you you want to go down on your woman first, mm. you know, not after. Yeah. And or, besides, or, and when, and after you come, you don't want to. Well, some people. I mean, that, that's your particular thing because you think that coming is like blowing your nose. That's what he's told me. He says. <laughs> well, he mean, says that you're disgusted he by says, your own semen. He well, says that steam, yeah, like a male cum. Male cum is like is like it's not. Blowing what your is? Nose. It's like mucus sh- shooting out of your body. You know, it's, it's just cock's not really. So I don't so want to. I don't want to be anywhere near the cock's Afterwards, and I'm always like. <laughs> Afterwards, I'm like, can you hand me a tissue? And then I'm like, oh, that's wow. He's right. <laughs> that's good. I've heard that's baby wipes are much better. <laughs> they help out more. But you know, boy didn't seem to mind. Well, no, boy minded, but but couldn't say anything about it. <laughs> no, I learned. We, I don't know if boy minded. You think you think boy was okay with that? I think boy was okay with it. Well, boy loved to make you happy, but. Just the, the, I, I my know. my cum uh, drip, dribbling down his chin. Yeah, you know, I think that was. I think that was a part of the whole part. erotic experience. Yeah. Well, you know, you were daddy. Yeah. To boy too. Yeah, we so. were kind of mommy and daddy to boy. You but. made reference earlier to you know want to bring Mike into the family that sort of thing. Now Jonah and I were lucky to see a stage reading of Home Street Home, mm. the musical you guys wrote, mm-hmm. and. I felt that was very informative about that world because it surrounds a family, you mm-hmm. know, and it's, um, you know, in the, I think it's safe to say gutter punks, but there's a dom. Is that the, I don't, I, I want to get the correct terminology. Sure, sure. I mean, but they talk about bringing it into in a this family. In particular case, I mean, it's really kind of like one of those tribal crusty punk, gutter punk street families. But, 
Um, so yeah, I guess there's the BDSM element, mm-hmm. but it's not like. Well, see, it's guess, not normal for street it's, kids. It's but I don't know. I, you think it's not normal for street kids to have a, a street family? I think no, it's, no, it's street family, yeah, normal. but not a BDSM and a street family. Right, 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 right. But you know, I knew a guy who lived in a closet and he had all his stuff, all his toys and whips and stuff, and and the closet wall, and he, it was the smallest. It was a closet, but he man, he managed to make it work. <laughs> what does that have to do with? I don't know. BDSM street family. I don't even understand. I wasn't listening. I have no Go idea ahead. what you're talking about. I mean, it was it was interesting for sure. I'm not I'm not trying to talk smack to you, but I actually was kind of. But yeah. so we're gonna move backwards here. So start with the musical. That's the most recent thing that I've seen. You guys been working on this for how long? Years. Together for like three years. Three three and a half years. He 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 had started this project before, and he had. Yeah, like eight songs, something like that, right? Yeah, I had eight songs, and I tried working with a couple other writers, and it was terrible. And then I asked her if she wanted to write with me, and it worked out great. I kind of had to audition. I had to, yeah. I had to prove prove myself to you. Mm-hmm. She knows how to use words properly, <laughs> and, and she can spell, and she corrects my, my so English I, all the time. Because I was able really, to spell, it's not I annoying. Got the job. It's, it's it's really <laughs> awesome. Because you know, oh, I, I was great. I was using a lot of words in the wrong way, and you know normally people don't correct me. They're just like, God, that fat Mike's an idiot. <laughs> and she'd go, Baby, you're using that word incorrectly. Or was it esoteric? That was one of them. Yeah, but I don't. I mean, this makes me sound obnoxious, right? <laughs> oh, it does. It makes you sound smart and beautiful. Mm. Smart man, but beautiful second. <laughs> Someone's thinking. Anyway, so we've we've been working on this thing seriously for about three and a half years. And, um, and it went, it went from that, eight songs, and we've got, it's gone to about forty-five songs. And <laughs> Forty, it's still it's so true. It's about forty-five songs, but and, and now it's dropped down to about thirty-two. A lot of dropped songs. Now, Selma, are you just helping out with like lyrics? Or are you musical too? She helps out with lyrics and and story. And the okay. book. We wrote the story together. What was so crazy to me about it was even when it was a girl singing just like a ballad on piano, it sounded like you're you such a distinctive style. Like, it's everything, I was like, if there were palmito guitars and you were saying it would mm. be a no effects on, which I thought was really cool. It was, oh, that's, that's, yeah, it's pretty cool that you can tell that. Uh, I love that you can tell that. One of the things I do that I didn't even know I do this, it's, it's, I didn't know there's a word for it. It's called prosody. Prosody, And it's yeah. when you put the wrong emphasis on the, on the wrong syllable. <laughs> <laughs> and I do that a lot in no effects songs because I just, I don't care. I think the melody is more important than the word. But it, you, it, it works for you totally. It totally, it totally works, works for but, you. But then these people, you know, our, our co-writer Jeff Marks, and more like producer, he's just taking us on this journey. We, we're doing most of the writing, but uh, he's like, when people see a musical, they're only going to hear this line once. There's no lyric sheet, so they have to understand what you're saying, right? So you can't. You really have to pronounce the words better than I was, and. The way that Did you have any problems understanding? No, no, I understood everything. But you know, he's he's worked very hard to fix to fix that, fix a lot of those prosody, whatever issues. Now, this yeah. was now. Were you working on the musical when you did Rubber Bordello, or was that before or after? At the same time, 
mm -hmm. were working on the musical and did Rubber Bordello. Yeah, at the same time. Yeah, we're always we're always doing something. AVN award-winning Rubber Bordello. Yeah. Three AVNs. <laughs> Three AVNs that we won, and then multiple nominations. Yeah. Other nominated than for that eight. too. It was all. It was a record for a for a fetish film. That's amazing. Well, for a small company, for a fetish film, yeah, I think. Where do I you think we were like the smallest company that got nominated for that many awards. Were you surprised when you guys won, or was? You know what was awesome. Stoked. You know yeah. what was awesome was he he was up against uh, Snoop Dogg. Yeah. For <laughs> music, one of one of the music things, whatever. Yeah. And, and you know we weren't sure whatever because th it was you know Snoop Dogg is he gonna win because he's Snoop Dogg. Yeah. Anyway, it was so great that he won, and then we were like, "Yeah, whatever, Snoop Dogg, who?" Ah! <laughs> Jumping up and down, very very exciting. happy. What is the in in the categories of the adult of uh, was it adult video news? Is that what they call it? Mm -hmm. uh, awards is like. I mean, is, is there a category for just fetish films? Yeah, the, 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 BDSM best yeah, BDSM got, release, which we, we won. It, yeah, and, and what defines movies. fetish film versus like BDSM film? Like, how do you delineate it? Fetish versus BDSM. Yeah, that's what or, I'm, I was or, like. Is this like is it is that because I'm confused? Is it broken up? Because when I was reading about it, it, said you know you're one for fetish film. I'm like, oh, is that different than you know bondage, well, or is that part of it? I mean, or there, there's so many things that could be a fetish. Like cuckolding could be a fetish, or Foot fetish, or um, what else? Sitting Do you on know what cuckolding is, smart guy Steven? Cuckolding. <laughs> sitting uh, on a balloon could be a fetish. When, being, when someone has uh, cuckolded you or cheated on you. Right. When someone has taken away, uh, cheated on your spouse or girlfriend. Or That's right. Yeah, how'd you get so fucking smart? Cuckolding. Mm. Read a, uh, I read a lot Canterbury of Tales. Like, and you know and you know why it's um and you know why it's called cuckoldry? Where they get the term from? Well, the horns, the cu the cuckoo. The cuckoo, the cuckoo Why bird. Why specifically the cuckoo bird? Why that bird? You know, avian award-winning. <laughs> you know, the, the cuckoo bird does some kind of sledding around thing, and it's funny because I've taught classes on this, and I can't remember. Tell me, what is the shitty thing that a, a cuckoo does? Cuckoo birds take I think their they, eggs. They leave and the, they put their eggs into another someone bird's else's nest, nest so that mm. someone else can raise the right. And I learned that by reading Neil Gaiman comic books. That's how I learned. Oh, Neil she Gaiman. Loves Neil I love Gaiman. Neil Gaiman. I like to pronounce Neil Gaiman. The Sandman series? Oh, oh my goodness. Game, Game of You. Is where, that's where I learned about the cuckoo and cuckoldry. And I'm pretty sure, and, and, and one, one of our dozens of fans will quote, oh, uh, correct me on this. Uh, I think bald eagles do a similar thing with their, <laughs> with their eggs. They're sluts, too. Which is kind of yeah. American. <laughs> Um, I did not Cuckolding know. Cuckolding is huge. In I didn't America. know that was a huge fetish thing. That's, oh, that's a new thing for yeah. me. It's fantastic. That's amazing. What's fun about uh, developing a fetish, <laughs> like uh, say leather, for instance, uh, and you're with, you know, when she'll, she'll wear leather and we're fucking, and then you have sex, and you smell the leather, and after a while, every time you smell leather, it's evocative, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. it's very Pavlovian, and you just. So, like, we were in Venice together in Italy. So many leather stores, and we walked by one, and we both like, oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's funny that way. She, we'll be in a department store, and she'll see some gloves or a purse and just start sniffing it. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sniffing Snifferson. <laughs> <laughs> 
the, the score for um, uh, Rubber Rodello is ragtime, right? Yeah, it is ragtime, right? Had you ever written in that kind of songwriting style previous? I had a song called Bugly Eyes. That was kind of a That's true, yeah. ragtime yeah. song. But no, uh, Dustin from the Mad Caddies, he was a... Uh, he was the main songwriter. I wrote I wrote the song that won the award for the cool song, which is cool. But uh, you know, I'd write some stuff and he'd put it on piano. But he wrote most of the stuff, and then I wrote most of the horn lines. But it was great doing that. It was fun. Yeah, Justin's brilliant, isn't he? Mm-hmm. You know, it's really good. What's interesting to me is like, so remember when I interviewed you for AP like ten years ago? Yeah, no, not at all. <laughs> but I believe you. I well, I did. Uh-huh. I did it at your office, mm-hmm. and. Uh, it was a very different interview than like this interview or like the interviews like you guys have. have I had my shirt on during that your interview. Your shirt was on, <laughs> but it's interesting because I felt like you weren't really open about this stuff. Maybe at that point, but like you'd see clues like S and M Airlines or something like that. But like, when did you sort of become kind of comfortable just kind of talking about? Because I, I think it's so interesting. This one, yeah. When I got with my my love here, uh, I was very. I, w- I wasn't closeted, but you know, I had a dungeon in my house. But I never went to parties and never really talked about it because I was totally embarrassed. And uh, I, I wasn't involved with the lifestyle at all. And uh, when I got together with her, we started going to parties and and just started to live that lifestyle. And now I, I'm, I'm kind of a missionary. We started to live that lifestyle. Well, she did. I was already living that lifestyle. But, but you know, yeah. I joined it. And now she, she calls me the missionary because... You I, are. I talk about it so You're much, and I just get missionary. people involved with it. And, oh, yeah. And the more I talk about it, I feel the more normal people think it is. And and we've gotten, well, you've gotten tons of people before me, but I get a lot of punk rockers into it, and people tell me all the time that they start doing stuff. Cause you I take t- some kind of satisfaction and um, almost like turning people, I guess. I, I do. I see you. And even after that, when when you've gotten someone involved in whatever and and you've given them a paddle and they're hitting someone you're like okay harder yeah, harder she definitely wants you to hit her harder i can tell i can tell harder uh <laughs> is that was is it the um you know turning people and did you is that because of a uh, punk voter you got so <laughs> <laughs> you got someone trying to changing people's minds and mm-hmm. it's it just, just fun. didn't it's, work no it's like you know it's like play it's like the cave you know the play-doh that story mm-hmm. where he goes outside. This is great. Come on, everyone. And they're like, no, we're fine. We're, we're happy in here. And you want to bring people out of the cave. Mm. It's just fun. Uh, I, so, think, I uh, think it sounds, I mean, it sounds smart and healthy and it's cool that well, we get people. Well, you, wait it's, a minute. it's so healthy and uh, we just have such a good time. Well, I mean, power exchange is a big part of what we do. Define so that. that's the DS in BDSM mm-hmm. that we were talking about earlier. Uh, that's the dominance and submission and you know a big part of what we do is we we have some rituals help me tell about the rituals we we think that well you know i wear color rituals are are very important for keeping i guess like defining your relationship over and over and over again and letting letting each other know that you still love each other so like for example whenever we travel all the time whenever we go to the airport i as you can see i wear the key for his collar and i take it off before we go through whatever all the tsa no because the chain with a big padlock yeah if you can't see it and then uh, on the radio <laughs> right you can't see it on the radio that's so funny that i didn't say that anyway um 
so I unlock it and then he gives it to me and we go through and then afterwards I put the chain back on him and then we always kiss and it's this moment where I'm recollaring him, you know, and I'm owning him again every single time. Yeah, every time you put it on, I put it like, back on him. Yeah. When we go through that, that you're, you're mine. I own you, and you're my property, and it's it's cool. It's it's a reminder. It's, it's a constant beautiful. reminder. It's a beautiful. It's it's of, uh, it's a really loving moment. Yeah. What is the significance of the ownership? You talk about that in in Home Street Home a bit as well with mm-hmm. some of the characters and how important that is, and. I find it fascinating the, the 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 words, the verbiage of it, of owning a person, of yeah, putting but, a collar on that whole. Well, I mean, one thing it's we just think it's super hot. You know, she'll talk to me like uh, I'm a thing. You know, when she's like, I'm just really just concerned with fucking your cock right now, and, <laughs> and she'll be like, "Shut up, fuck thing," <laughs> you know, and it's. Just, you're, you're, you're mine, you're my property, so just, you know, that's, and then she'll, you know, put a gag on like, me or that's, something. That's, that's, it's that's, just, a, you're, you're, that's the porn version. That is the salacious, <laughs> that is the salacious hot porn version of, of what we're talking about for sure. But, um, there's something so powerful about owning a person and it, it just, it just, well, it's it's another it's a different kind of love it's how we express love i guess one of the ways in which we one of the ways that we express love is is through ownership and um and it's it's just a feeling that you know i get like when she put put the collar on me you just feel like you feel safe you feel like it's so funny i was just going to say you, yeah, feel, you feel safe uh, i love that you said that take like someone's looking out for you someone's taking care of you and real and protecting you it's 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 and there's so it's many a, it's a there's so many motherly type thing for sure there's so many versions of that in regular society like engagement marriage those are you know contracts and forms of ownership that don't have those hardcore words ownership i know that sounds but intense is it, but is it a reversal like is there a collar for you that mike has or is that is that <laughs> not how your relationship is defined well well, we're also engaged too. So yeah, I mean, we have, we have, congratulations to you. We have some. Best. We have some of those traditional things going on as well. But. Yeah, but you know, uh, she doesn't wear a collar for me. But we do switch now and then. And instead of a collar, I just gave her a label. <laughs> you smack talker. Oh, you're, smack not, talker. You're, not, you're not supposed uh, to talk about that. I know stuff. you can't it's see on the radio, but it's supposed to be. A let secret. me show you. She's shoving blackberries be, up his ass right, right, right now. now. I'll show you. you guys I will put very awkward. You all the all the blackberries up your ass. <laughs> Let's see. What does that say in your bottom lip there? I think I think it says, "Be quiet. You're telling too many <laughs> secrets." No, um, that must have hurt. It says "Daddy's" on her bottom lip. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was that was a good time. That was a uh, forced tattoo. I uh, I had her tied up and brought in a tattoo artist late at night one night, and she didn't know what was happening. This is really good for my career as, <laughs> as the dominant. You know, every time he tells this story, and, and I had uh, I had daddy's tattooed on her bottom lip because you know I'm How'd her daddy. That feel? I'm her daddy sometimes, and it's daddy's mouth. <laughs> <laughs> See, yeah, we we go there. When we, she ties you up and has something tattooed on your fucking cock, I think 
Wow. There it is. And, there it and, is. and so as you're tied up and this is happening, um, when you were untied, how did it you was, feel? It was, well, I mean, at the time it was, while I was tied up, it was terrifying and exciting. And well, I mean, I was blindfolded and all of a sudden I hear <laughs> and realize someone else is in the room and I had no idea. So, uh, something, something's going on over here oh, anyway. Sorry. Um, but you know, it actually, I kind of wanted it to last longer. I find this all fucking fascinating and awesome. Jonah. But that was, you know what, when I got her that tattoo, I mean, that's a serious commitment. I mean, that's, that's really bigger than marriage. Cause I, you know, I'm taking responsibility. I'm, I'm telling her that I want to be with her you know, for the rest of our lives. Because, you know, if you... You wouldn't do that. You, you couldn't do You're that You're a pretty big asshole if you... <laughs> right, if you tattoo someone's, someone's mouth like that. And then... Yeah. I think I said, so if we ever break up, you're going to have to cut off my leg. <laughs> and then that fetish development begins. <laughs> yeah. Then you see lips Ooh. everywhere. What I, oh, I got a boner. What I think is interesting is, like, you guys are engaged, so it's like you're also involved in sort of, like, that traditional kind of model... But also totally. you have this other stuff. Is that is that an interesting dichotomy for you? Because I would assume maybe you guys are like, well, that's just for like the rest of society. We're on this other trip. No, I, I love, I actually am super pro-marriage. How about you, baby? Uh, totally. I'm, and I, I mean, uh, it's like, it's just another contract. That, yeah. And uh, not to mention the corsetry involved with the dress. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the tuxedo. <laughs> Uh, so they are very tight. It's great, you know, publicly saying in front of all your friends in front and of family, other people. I commit to this person. Yeah, and I life. love having, you know, I want, I love having a partner, you know, and, and we're, we're in this together. And uh, I'm super excited. Do we have a date yet? I mean, there's so many millions of ways that you can do that too. Like I'm pro polyamorous marriage too, but we're not going to do that. But yeah, and. How did that discussion go? <laughs> well, well, no, we, well, she, she was polyamorous. We've mm-hmm. gotten less and less polyamorous, and, I guess, and, throughout you know, the years. We, we, Although, I mean, there's some polyamory still. Yeah, we. Uh, is, we that fooled, for, is that both? We fooled around or? a bunch, and you know, it was something no, I never done before. Sexes. I never had threesomes or foursomes or anything like that. And four uh, G or a five G? Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> and so we we did that a bunch, and it's not really. You know, it was some good times, but I, I'm really interested in this this one woman, and uh, that's just how how it, we evolved. You know, because I got the best woman, so I want to sleep with a different one. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty pretty sweet, right? So did you hear <laughs> but, but I still <laughs> sleep with girls. Did you hear the? Oh yeah, she still sleeps with girls, <laughs> and you know, that's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> So did you hear that uh, Tegan and Sarah play Creeping Out Sarah before they go on stage? Are you serious? No, not at all. No. But that would be funny, oh. right? <laughs> <laughs> I thought they were, yeah, okay, because I thought they were... I've never gotten to ask them about it. I, I talked offended to them about it. by it in they, the end. Like, they liked it, and then they changed their mind because fans disliked it. Yeah. Like that, did you talk right? to them about it? We shot, so we shot, like, what me and Vanessa shot with you. We sh- we're, it's coming, we're editing all of them now. We shot one with Tegan and Sarah, mm. and we were like, we just shot one with no effects, and they were like, they have a song about us. They yeah, were yeah. pretty excited about it. I was like, yeah, I know. It's awesome. And they were like, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, and I talked to uh, Sarah, or Tegan. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> I talked to one of them, 
And uh, she, she said, oh, it's really cool. Yeah, it's funny and awesome. And then their fans started to really complain about it and uh, thought it was sexist and I was being a jerk. And so then they called back and they said, we'd like a public apology. And I'm like, I ain't apologizing for shit. And last week you thought it was funny. But now because your fans, you know, don't like it, it's just silly because I make myself look like a dick in that song. It's right. nothing about them, mm-hmm. it's about, about me being lame. <laughs> totally. It's self-deprecating. <laughs> so. You've had to do a bunch of apologies for people in your industry, haven't you? No way. Well, I mean, yeah, I would. If because I make fun of so many people, I have to I have to be apologizing to a lot of people. I think that's cool. Though. I think that so many people are so scared of like offending anyone, or like it seems like that's never been kind of your. No, I'm scared of not offending anyone. That'd be terrible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, punk rock, is, you know, it really is supposed to be offensive. It's supposed to offend people and make them think about stuff differently, and uh, that's what we try to do at Home Street Home. You know, we go through. There's so many uh, different things in that. Oh, I'm, I'm at a loss for words too, baby. No, but you know what? I I just lo- I so just, many themes. I just totally totally felt amorous towards you when you were saying all that stuff. Oh, you By were. The way, you, oh, that means horny. Really. <laughs> Hold on, let me turn on my camera. You know a lot of big words. I'm very impressed. Well, he has big vocabulary. You never know who's going to come into the dungeon. Hey, you know, some people have a way with words, and others have. Have not way. Mike, you going to South by Southwest this year? Uh, I don't think so. <coughs> I thought you were. I thought you were going to go. We were both going to go. Because the last time you were in South by Southwest, you opened up a bit. Was that Koki? Oh, Koki and Cloud. got banned. Yeah. yeah, I got banned. I remember writing something, but when I watched the video, I remember I was working at Fuse. I remember writing, uh, if this is a prank, this is awesome. <laughs> if that's real, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> But Damien from Fucked Up, he said it was the most disturbing thing he'd ever seen. Most most awkward he'd ever felt at a show. And I was like, yeah. We were just talking about how when Home Street Home comes out, we really want to give free shots out to the audience. And <coughs> Jeff, Mark, Jeff Marks was like, you know, it, it really needs to be closed little airplane bottles. Or maybe it was John Bush, actually. It needs to be closed little airplane bottles because... I don't think that people want to take shots from you. Yeah. You know, like you, you, could, have you, the, you could have know. the girl wearing a t-shirt that says Petron or whatever. Yeah. Well, I talked to you before you went down there briefly. I can't, I can't remember when or where, but I remember you said you did a rehearsal for it and you talked about like that opening line and it was, like, I guess what people don't remember is like it was very specific and rehearsed like every bit of it it wasn't just you up there rambling you had an intent behind it well i mean i just the stories i i told i i just kind of i didn't have them written out but they're all true stories and it's some of your darkest stories right? yeah and it's weird because you know at one point 15 year old kid is like oh that's bullshit i'm like oh, you call it bullshit i mean how do you how do you know what i'm talking about mm. how do you know these aren't true stories and they're all true and it, when you add it when you Put them all together. I mean, those are just some of my stories, but they're pretty dark stories. I mean, just you know, like my roommate who I had to get down after he hung himself. Just you know, a lot of weird shit happened to me, and so people think when I t- I want to tell these stories, you're making some of this shit up. Like, no, I'm not making this shit up. I wanted to 
I wanted to share dark stories in my life. And, it's uh, so brave, though, baby. I'm so proud of you. It's such good well, performance art. It, it was just. It was. Re- it was. It was. Yeah, it was really a fun experience. Not a fun experience. It was a great experience to be like at the really the anti comedian. Mm. Do you think a lot of that was informed by stand up? What tragedy? Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that. Good one. Uh, next album title. Uh, <laughs> do you think a lot of that was informed by, you know, the, your orphan year, which you played during that? Like when, because when, when your parents died, I remember running into you at a, at a warp tour and I mean, I don't even know how one reacts to all of that, but you were, you could definitely just see like you were, you were very open about it. Like, yeah, both my parents just died like within a few weeks of each other and it's just awful. And we're just very, very... Yeah, oh, yeah, it wasn't a good time. We oh. have some a little bit of history with Jonah. Can we talk about this stuff or not? <laughs> no. Okay, never mind. <laughs> no, that's, story. that's such an awesome story. I was, I was like, what are they talking... Oh, yeah. <laughs> we can't talk about it, though, huh? I don't know what's being discussed. Uh, you can't let this go anywhere. Uh, I'm going to tell the story. Can okay, we, tell it. Can we, can we tell it? Yeah, uh, tell no, it. So, are you okay it. with it? Yeah. Okay. So, we're playing... We're in New York or something, and uh, in the East Coast somewhere. But we needed to be. Yeah, it's some drugs. You know. to, we needed something to get to DC. Yeah, we needed our drugs to uh, go to DC because we didn't want to fly with them because you don't want to fly with drugs. Well, it and was ju- too many. It was too many drugs to stick in my pussy. <laughs> Yeah. What's the maximum amount you can get? <laughs> is it a poundage or is it? Do you go with grams? How does that work? I, I Whatever just, you can I fit. Was, the I was tampon. just making that up. That yeah. never happens. It never happens. <laughs> so, uh, it, yeah, we had an assortment of drugs. And Jonah was, oh, he said, oh, I'm gonna, I'll be at the show in, ball, in, in DC. So really I go, oh, you're going to so be there. So, yeah, I go, so, do you mind taking so a, little, so, a little package down for me? It's like, no, that's cool. And it was a, it was a locking it was a money thing pouch with you know locked, and I just gave it to him and it was it was pretty heavy. Yeah, we met up the next night. Yeah, hung out and you gave it to me. They go here, you mind taking this for me? He's like, well, no. We, we talked about. I didn't tell you what was in it. That nope. fucking terrible. <laughs> I didn't ask what was in it. No, you didn't ask. No, which was awesome. And the next day he gave me you know the bag and everything was still in it. Well, it was locked. <laughs> So it worked out pretty good. You mule drugs for me, Jonah. Thank you. <laughs> no, no problem. A massive I mean, amount, yeah. It, what's funny is like, I don't think I would do that for anyone else. But for some reason, you're like, we do this? And I didn't even think about it. I was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> and then I got home that night. I was like, what am I is doing? Is this a good idea? And I was like, well, I said I'd do it. Like, And that was like, and you, you know, you guys had helped me out by coming in. You know, like I felt kind of responsible for you guys being in New York. So, yeah. But I, I will say that getting rid of that thing was the most relieving feeling of all, <laughs> all time. Like as soon as I handed over, I was like, "Yes." Oh. It was a relief to, for me too. To I'm sure have my drugs back. It. Yeah, it was a relief for both of us. <laughs> yeah, they were. Uh, there weren't. There weren't even any soft drugs in that one. You know, <laughs> I had. I, had, I don't <laughs> carry soft drugs. I just had so much anxiety, like just like doing like I was like, "Am I going to forget it?" And this, like, I put it in my bag that night. Like, mm. I just wanted to. Like, I was like, "Just don't, don't mess this up." <laughs> that was my big thing. That was, was what I was most worried it's about. Important. This is a was, trial. Like, fucking it up, <laughs> not getting caught, just fucking it up. Oh, that's so sweet. That's super. Like, sweet. you still carry a mirror in your pocket? No. Is that something that he used to do? I don't I know. Saw this at one, one point. Uh, a what, what was that for? Oh, yeah, I want to look good. 
<laughs> I, care, I care about my looks. I, I mean, do you go like in phases with, with partying where like you're partying really hard and then you take a break or is it always oh, on? Oh, yeah. I'm, oh, so totally, totally, totally. Yeah, Can I, I, I want to weigh in on this. Okay, sure. He is, he I've always is, wondered about this. He is this. so, so good. At, so we, you know, at home in San Francisco, he is, he doesn't even drink at all. Like I drink wine every night and he doesn't even drink and he's such a good dad like so responsible really really good about not partying at home and rides his bicycle every day and you know yeah, juice, take, take juices care of myself and, and eats kale and you know I take care of myself and again I mean, it's when I'm working when again, I'm writing let me tell you like I have super to be super good dad and yeah and, and you know when spending totally time with, like, with kids uh, you gotta be present you don't want to be hungover right. and, and feel like shit. You want to be with your kids. Right, you don't want to be a fucking dickhead like that. Yeah, you don't want to be a like dickhead like those fucking dickheads. <laughs> You're making fun of me. <laughs> You're mocking me. Uh, but when I'm on tour, it's like, I don't have to do shit. All I got to do is play. And, I've, and it's fun to party and, and play. So basically, when we're on tour, uh, that's party times. And when I'm at home, I it's adult. It's sober time. Yeah, it's adult time on tour. Yeah. Well, you, you even talk about Not, but you know sometimes you know there's exceptions. You know you go out, you have a you know, party, whatever. But there's a time and a place, right? Recreational, not abuse. Mm-hmm. I believe that's one of your lyrics. Mm-hmm. And everything in moderation, especially yeah. moderation. That too. Into it. So, do you have a kid too? Yeah, yeah. We raise our children together, and they get along so well. It's so amazing we're so lucky so i have a 14 year old and you know he has a nine-year-old so it's darla and cedra and they're so sweet together like amazingly sweet together um cedra puts darla to bed at night and sings her lullabies and tells her stories and you know they're like oh my sister my sister my sister i mean it's it's we are so lucky oh that's cool that so they, two only child do not have a sister that they, yeah that's awesome that they have you know, falling in love with each other like that as sisters. Yeah, it's really nice. We get a nice family. We're a great family. And we, um, <laughs> get kind of a, a weird, like, I don't know, demented version of a, a Jew family. Like, we do Hanukkah. <laughs> Jew family. We do, <laughs> you know, like, we try to, we try to do sort of, sort of Jew family. We have a, um. Are you Jewish? Yeah. From Sturgis? Ish. Ish. Well, I'm not from Sturgis. I'm not from Sturgis. I'm from uh, I'm from London, but grew up mostly in Baltimore <laughs> and ended up in Sturgis. Anyway, um, so Mike always says we have the Cadillac Somebody of menorahs. Is a small vacuum in here? <laughs> Did you see a line? No. What was that? It was a bump. Yeah. <laughs> He always says, "You're inter- you just stole my thunder. You just fucking stole my thunder." Anyway, he always says we have the Cadillac of menorahs, but we it is actually a pink Cadillac. Yeah, it's a pink Here's Cadillac. Here's a funny story, Selma. When when Mike <laughs> NoFX would never do television interviews, so we were very very uh, lucky to have them want to come on our little show. And there's a, a TV term where it's like, "All right, we're coming in here from the bump in." Sorry. And no whenever problem. someone would say that, Mike would just laugh hysterically every single time. What, the bump in. Yeah. The bump in. He's like, "We're ready right for the bump in." What does in. that mean? I don't even. It means you're just coming in oh, from okay. from gotcha. commercial. And, gotcha. You know, gotcha. you're bumping in. The uh, camera <laughs> camera's doing. He a would move. laugh hysterically from that. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> they'd be like, "Ready for the bump?" You'd go, "Wait, what? What's that? What?" Pass it around. I, I want to know why he carried a mirror in his pocket. <laughs> I mean, it, it seems obvious, but. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Same reason Neil Young didn't. <laughs> I, what I remember when I did this AP story, I remember you were like, "You're like this, yeah, this wrong, this wrong, this wrong." You're like, "But I love the last, the ending." And the ending was when you said, "If this band broke up, it'd be like losing a fingernail." You're like that. <laughs> You're like, <laughs> I was like, "How long do you see this going on?" First, I asked you some questions. You're like, "This reminds us of why we stopped doing interviews." And then I was like, uh, mm-hmm. and then at the end, but you were like, but I like that part. You're like, this <laughs> <laughs> if your band broke up after 30 years, it would really feel like yeah, losing a fingernail. <laughs> not that, not that big a deal. <laughs> we should back? try that later, sweetheart. Wait, you're going to take a fingernail from me? Mm. That's fucked up. Mm. That's fucking, fucked up. That's, that's fucking, where you go to the fingernail. You tattooed her lip when she wasn't looking. <laughs> when she wasn't looking. Here. Ah, uh, uh, sobriety. <laughs> yeah. See, we're not with our kids right now. Yeah. No. <laughs> I understand. Um. Uh. Backstage passport. We'll round it up with that. Yeah. That was. What uh, you want to know? What did you do? Another one. We did. And where is it? Uh, it's on someone's computer. It's, it's edited. They're color correcting it right now. Is it the same? Is it the same model as the previous backstage passport? For those of you playing the home game, it was a series that Mike shot, where no effects went and played places they'd never played before. Yeah, and all he's, the adventures he's, therein. He's Kent, though. Yeah, uh, I look. I'm the one that looks like a real asshole in this one. <laughs> you know the Russian train. Yes, with the last one with Kent yeah. with Gene Wilder. <laughs> Yeah, Silver, silver Street. Uh, yeah, this time I'm kind of the... I'm just a... The I'm, train I'm, I'm wreck. A wreck. Yeah, I'm the train wreck. In, in a few places. In, in Monterey, Mexico. Well, basically, I was, you know, I was going uh, going through my divorce and uh, falling in love with her. And I was just... I was really partying way too much. Well, you were kind of you were angst out though, because yeah, you know, I, was, I wasn't happy you had this at all. And... Relationship for what, like almost twenty years or whatever mm-hmm. that you were coming out of, and then getting involved in my crazy circus world. Yeah, I was I was having some unhappy times. You said something to me very smart because I remember talking to you when you were going through that of like when someone gets a divorce, it's hard, but for any any party involved, but it seemed that. From what you were telling me, you tried, you know, like there was a, there was a consistency to making something work, trying to make something happen. So that when you get to that point, it's not, it's not celebratory. It's like, well, I exhausted every avenue, you know? And so of course that's going to affect how you're going to feel and do something. You can't, you know, you, you are human. That's going to send you down a certain way. That's why I was asking about, you know, your parents and Koki the clown. Like, it seems like you are, you know, beyond a creative type, but you know, your subconscious just drives the hell out of you. Hmm. All right. Hmm. What do you think? You agree? Yeah. Look at the brain on Brian. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I was. I don't understand those words. Uh, uh, he just uh, got analyzed. Yeah, you know? was, I like you. That was very impressive, cool. Steven. Analyzed. You got, you yeah. got analyzed. Oh, <laughs> analyze. Will you analyze me later, baby? It was such an easy. That was easy. Okay. I should have said lies. You mean like, ooh, what's that? Mean? <laughs> so, is there more Green Dragon in, in this this one? No, it's mostly just. A white powder. Yeah. Uh, now we're not on TV, so we can just show whatever. <laughs> no, it's, How crazy is that, though? Singapore, like you know, that was that was crazy. I, I went to Singapore like, shortly after that, and like I couldn't. I like a like thinking about that episode. I was so freaked out. Like I was freaked out doing right. anything there. Terrifying. And huh? I, yeah. 
Yeah. That was, that was so, I mean, that was the most fucked up I've ever been. And, you know, people are always saying, you guys weren't that fucked up. No, we were that fucked up. That was crazy. Uh, and I'll, I'll tell you what it was. Have I said this before? I don't know, sweetheart. No, whatever it was. You know, we thought we were buying ecstasy. Right. And so we chopped it up and each did a half a pill because we like to play it safe when you're doing drugs. You don't, want, you don't know how strong it is. Uh, and we were just, it just blew our minds. We were so fucked up. And then, uh, what is this? And 45 minutes into it, the guy's like, oh, it's half ketamine, half ecstasy. So if you've ever done ketamine before. Safe drug. Oh, it is. Yeah, it is the safest drug. It's for that gift to kids in hospitals. But, but you take a little tiny dose and these lines were giant. <laughs> it's the, so. Yeah, but beyond that, the whole, you know, socio-political whatever aspect where you know you could have gotten in huge huge trouble caned bad well, caning you know, caned about that the head, be, neck and shoulders that would have been awful if you would have gotten caned that's what I'm saying <laughs> well, like, like, why like don't cane you away them, why don't you tell them about uh, well, yeah, the biggest ju- caning experience yeah. of your life judicial caning is a lot different you know what it is it's gotasoma caning it's it's pretty yeah, harsh, fla- you know, pretty like, horrible to watch. Yeah. I mean, they flay your skin basically with cane. Yeah, it's. Uh, we had a, we it's had, not erotic. We had a funny. Uh, can- I had a funny. Oh, was that funny? funny? That funny was funny. You story. think that was funny? <laughs> what? No, our thing. Uh, well, no, it's a funny let's story. Go, let's go back and uh, you know. <laughs> oh, it wasn't funny. Let's talk about how funny it is later. Mm. You know. <laughs> <laughs> we were uh, <laughs> we were having one of our nights in our dungeon, and. Uh, she was going to give me a, an English caning, which is traditional British. A traditional British caning. We have tea beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there's scones with the caning. Yeah, scones. And, and yeah. Uh, she said, "Do you know what that is?" I go, "Yes, ma'am." And I'm supposed to ask for it. I go, "May I please have a dozen uh, of the best?" That's what we asked for: a dozen of the best of her best canes. Uh, her best shots and she goes what did you say I said a dozen and she goes did you say a thousand I said no I said a dozen <laughs> and she said you said a thousand didn't you <laughs> and she goes okay and I was like ah, ah. and so uh, she she gave me a thousand a thousand canes no for real a thousand like not embellishing for real like not embellishing yeah, it, no embellishment at all and it took it took a long time. A really long it, time. It ended and up, I had to count it. It was it was too. so kind of slow and it turned into this almost like I don't know, like dance like thing and it was really like zen like and erotic and we both went into like almost like an altered state. Like what kind of cane are we talking here? Like Um What's the tool? Well, it's a cane. Uh, it, it's like it's a made, walking cane, got no, a hook and a rubber no, stopper. They're, they're thin. They're I, I like what is that? What is that around it? Circumference? I, like I don't know. Like a penny or something. Uh, rule no. of thumb. <laughs> it's, of, it's like no, about, a, a about thin pinky. Bamboo, about okay. pinky. Yeah. All right. Like like bamboo, sort of, Got but it. it's not <clears throat> about pinky size. Like around. a switch, like a thousand mm-hmm. switches. And uh, yeah, it was. It was totally. It was beautiful, right? Yeah, it was yeah, really. It was lovely. Beautiful, and you know we switched positions a lot, and some you know some were not that hard and some were really hard <clears throat> and then one one part was really cool because she had rubber uh pants on rubber stockings and they were kind of luby so i got to like i was like 
kind of fucking her legs when I was on her lap. So that was super cool. That uh, part. No, that was later. That was when you asked for oh, yeah. more. That was later. That was that was a really special thing. Is we finally got to a thousand. Mm. And I said, ma'am, may I please have more? And then she please was may like, I have another. Please yeah. may I have another. And she was like, what were you like? My heart just melted for you. And I got so wet and hot for you and put you over my knee and um, caned you 127 more times or something like yeah, that. And that's when fifty-two more times. So it turned like out that. to be eleven hundred and fifty. Yeah, whatever it was. But that's when and you it were, took about that's when you were sort that's of about ninety minutes like, or something. It's yeah. the consistency that's amazing me. It's not like the act of love and all that. It's like how specific you are with what you're doing and also the manners. Mm. Like oh, the yes, protocols the are very like, protocol important. Is a huge. huge part of BDSM. But afterwards, I was just a sweaty mess. I was just on the floor, like a puddle. It was awesome. I mean, it was a really, really special experience for for both of us. And lots of kisses and love and sex and stuff. Yeah. I think. Mm. Maybe. Yeah, it was a really special night. Uh, Protocols are very important in our world. You know, there are protocols for every facet. Like you talked about ritual earlier yeah. and how huge that is. So does, you know, if you're, you know, protocols to bondage, protocols to S&M, that kind of thing. Are they different? Are they specific? Are there norms? Or is it different per couple or person? Uh, both. There's, there's some standard scene protocols. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then you make up your own protocols. So, so it's, it's like, I guess, you know, morals and ethics something like that but um i guess there's agreed upon protocols for whatever the scene but you know it's it's some things like honorifics like you know you call someone mistress or goddess or sir or whatever that like something like that you know dominance and i call her ma'am most mostly and then there's a way that we write to each other i don't know if you guys know about this no, this is this is such a cool uh part of it it kind of looks it kind of looks like you're stuttering it kind of looks like uh, it, no, when, when we're what? texting i always text her pronoun like you or when i'm talking about her she gets a capital y and a capital h so the dominant dominants always get capital letters with their names and pronouns anything to do with them capitals and and i always get a lowercase get lower cases with their so it, it would be like a lowercase m for michael and when i when i say I'll, so then, I'll see you later small i in the aisle so and then it would be uppercase u mm-hmm. and lowercase u if it's going to be like oh you know you're going to go out with your friends that's we'll see you later yeah you you you, you know it looks <laughs> yeah, like so when, we, well, when we, we say we'll see you later it's it's a big we, we, w slash little w wheel I know it sounds confusing. We'll, we'll, we'll see but you, you, you everyone later. in our scene and does that. <laughs> and it's it's just, I thought it was the coolest thing. It's great because it's like, so a, if he fucks it's a constant, it up, is that like, it's a constant he, reminder of, so if he forgets of, your, and if he forgets, of your roles. Well, yeah, I get that. But if he forgets and does like a lowercase, is that part of uh, a scene that you're getting ready to play that he's trying to taunt you as the dominant to do something? Is that like, did you need to know about that ahead of time? Or you know, there- I mean... There are some people that 
do that that are you know into all that like kind of bratty taunt dominant mm-hmm. thing I, I really don't enjoy that mm-hmm. i think that's like eh. yeah we don't, like i don't really need to be taunted into and, and playing live, with you and we don't live you know? a two four seven uh, but, lifestyle like that either right. we're both so well between alpha. between the two of us yeah yeah we have we have pretty normal but you get you get but i actually kind of hate that kind of shit I, I hate that what i hate bratty taunting yeah, it's kind of annoying. Taunting into, you know, oh, punish me, punish me. Like, you know, I just want to play with you because I want to play with you. And go ahead and worship me because you're supposed to. <laughs> and uh, everything will be great. The other <laughs> way sounds dishonest, too. <laughs> so that sounds clever and concise. It, it's so cool to me that you guys seem like so on the same page with all this stuff. Like, it's so amazing. You kind of found each other and kind of... It really is amazing. I mean, I... You know, I don't believe in destiny or you know God or anything like that, but I really think that we were supposed to meet each other. Um, you know, who knows how? But uh, it's pretty cool. Magnets. Yeah, this is what it's like. You know that? Remember those old football games? Was, it'd be it's a uh, you have these little magnetic pieces on a, on a metal board, and they're those football players. And you can only move one at a time. And you have this underground magnet. Do you remember that? It's a stupid old game mm-hmm. yes. in the 70s. And it's like most of the players are just shaking around and vibrating and just going throughout their lives. But there's a magnet that picks one one player and you move that one. And that's the we, you know, I like to think of that. Someone with the magnet <laughs> put some us kind together. Of, some kind of magnetic Some kind forces, of secret yeah. underground magnet. No, mm-hmm. I don't really believe that. But it's something like secret that. Knots. <laughs> no, so, the secret knots. No, the secret. The world is bound together. by secret knots is one of my favorite, favorite quotes. Mm. So, uh, yeah, you're neat. We find you guys. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us. Yeah, these did wee hours in the morning. Dealing with us being so. Whatever yeah, we're nightmares. Kind of out of it. We're no, nightmares. Coming. I mean, you guys are a Dan Savage champ. column come to life. So mm-hmm. thank you for being here. <laughs> Thanks for Thanks, having guys. us. See you guys later. I'm Rawr. I'm staying here and sleeping on this couch now. <laughs> you should. I'm gonna stay with you. Uh, did, what what are we gonna say? I don't know. I mean, I I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know what to say. I'm hungover now. I, I, I hope everyone enjoyed that as much as we enjoyed doing it. I think it's one of the most... I, I'm super proud of that interview just because yeah. I feel like no one can ever listen to it. And even if they don't care about Fat Mike or us and be like, that was a boring interview. Yeah, no, like, nothing boring. And the fact that most of it was him lying on his pack on the couch without his shirt on, which he then used as a handkerchief. Wow. <laughs> Somebody should get a picture of that. Oh, my God. No, I th- and the part we didn't tell was at the very beginning. This, of course, we we were very lucky to have been doing the podcast at Converse's Rubber Track Studios. This happened to be the day when a whole bunch of bigwigs were there, and Brad <laughs> tour, and and Brad shuffled Mike. We were literally doing the Bugs Bunny where the door opens and somebody comes out and goes to the other door. Like they were, we were. I was managing to shuffle them around from door to door without getting into the. The rehearsal room where Mike was packed was passed out, and then you open the rehearsal room, and there he is, like being held like an infant by Soma <laughs> without his shirt on, and I hear his Brad on the corner going, "Ah, Fat Mike from No Effects, there he is. Hey, let's keep it moving." <laughs> and then yeah, I remember you were like, "You're like, you're like, I have to take them in. There's everything okay in there." I was like, "I don't, I don't know." <laughs> like I was like, "I have." 
<laughs> whatever's going to happen is going to happen. And then you said a couple times, point. and I felt so terrible. You went, yeah, I don't know if we're going to be able to do the podcast here anymore. I don't, <laughs> I don't yeah. know. That was a, it was a little stressful. But you know what? It worked out great. We have this amazing <laughs> interview. So thanks, Mike and Soma, for doing it. Uh, if you like the podcast, uh, check out our other episodes. Visit us online at Facebook, on Twitter, donate, goingofftrack.com. Mm-hmm. You know the whole the whole spiel. The whole shebang. Uh, wow, Fat Mike. Oh, by the way, if someone wants to transcribe that and send it to us, that'd be awesome. Yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, yeah, and uh, I don't even know what to say about that interview. I feel like I'm getting, like, feel like lightheaded just thinking about like <laughs> that day because it was just so crazy and oh then, the other part was it was supposed to be the day before yeah and right. we, we saw him after the musical and i was like dude i'm seeing you tomorrow and he's like what time and i went uh noon he went ah, it's so early so early and i was like how about four and he's like ah, yeah four is good four is good and then i waited and i knew he was gonna bail and i knew he was gonna bail and at like midnight our good friend Vanessa Burt goes, yeah, Mike says it's And not then he had to cancel his flight for the day he was supposed to leave during the interview. He's like, yeah, I can't fly back today. Yeah, and his flight was like <laughs> supposed to leave an hour after the interview was scheduled. The man is a multimillionaire who runs a label and has been working on a musical. It's insane. He's incredible. He's, he's awesome. Thanks so much for doing it. Thanks for listening. Uh, talk to you soon. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.